Well, good day. This is Matt from Trinity Church Brighton. Uh, we had a technical issue with our uh, sermon recording this morning, so I thought I'd uh, just quickly preach the sermon again for you at my computer. Um, it's still um, still Easter Sunday. I've, I've just gotten home from church, but um, uh, I'll preach it again here for you, and I'll just try and um, recreate what I what I've done a couple of hours ago this morning. Um, so thanks as always to li- for listening to our uh, podcast. Um, we're going to begin uh, with uh, our Bible reading, which is from Luke twenty four verses one to twelve. Um, so I'll read it out for you, and then I'll um. Then I'll preach the sermon. Uh, So Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered his words. When they had come back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna the Mary, the mother of James, and the others who were with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. I uh, I don't know if you find this, but I feel like every year we get to Easter, and it uh, sort of just feels like, wow, it's Easter already. You know, it feels like the uh, year's just getting going, and before you know it, we're already at Easter time. Um, I don't know. Maybe it feels different to you this year. Um, to me, it still still does feel like that, but um, maybe it feels different this year because there has been so much going on in um 2022, hasn't there? Uh, finally, after a couple of years, the pandemic has finally really hit us. Lots of us uh, in the room have had COVID, lots have had time in isolation, and of course, um, there's been shocking floods all over the East Coast, and in Europe, there's been uh, war, uh, and still a lot of fear about the war escalating and you know maybe going nuclear, which is quite scary. Uh, and, and the other thing that stands out to me from these first few months of 2022 is um, quite different from uh, those other big world events, but uh, the death of Shane Warne. You know, just just one person, of course, but someone most of us knew lots about. And, uh, you know, I personally have lots of great memories of watching Warney play. And I think particularly there's uh, something shocking about someone in their early 50s just dropping dead. You know, we, we could say he was a smoker and not the healthiest bloke. But, you know, he was also at the same time, he was a sportsman. You know, he had good medical care. He was active. He was in, you know, half decent shape. And suddenly um, he was no more. And look, you, you put all that together, and of course, um, you know, lots of us would have had more personal things going on as well. You know, maybe good, maybe bad. I know um, lots of our regulars at Trinity Church Brighton. We've uh, we've been in a bit of a turbulent period with lots going on um, in 2022 personally as well. But uh, look, I think you put all that together, and for lots of us, it's been a year marked by fear, by by uncertainty, by being reminded of our mortality. A year where um, we're all a bit shocked at just how messed up the world is. I don't I don't know if you agree with that. And so out of this pretty turbulent few months, we come to Easter. And because it's Easter, we talk about celebrating, you know, on on the little um, Easter invitation cards that we've been handing out the last few weeks. Um, It it says right on the card, you know, we're having a celebratory service today. But uh, you might very well ask, you know, well, what is there to celebrate? You know, do do I really feel like celebrating with everything that's been going on? And you know, when the world's broken, God can seem well. You know, God might feel like he's he's just not there because of all the brokenness. Or, or at best, the idea of God and religion just seems a bit irrelevant. You know, it feels like there are you know much bigger problems out there. 
And so Easter, a weekend weekend when we think about God and celebrating, is that really the thing that we need at the moment? Well, today I want to show you that all of that would be true. God would be pretty irrelevant. There would be maybe not much reason to pay attention to him, no real reason to celebrate at Easter time, except uh, for one thing that changes everything, and that's Jesus' resurrection. I want to show you today that it's Jesus' resurrection that shows us that God's not distant. It's Jesus' resurrection that shows us that God does care, that he came to be among us, that he's still with us as we go through hard years like we're in at the one we're in at the moment. It's Jesus' resurrection that actually gives us real reason to feel real hope as we go through hard things. It's Jesus' resurrection that gives us real reason to celebrate Easter. And so what I want to do uh, this morning is I want us to ask three questions. There are three questions all about Jesus' resurrection, uh, the idea that after he died, he rose to life again. Three questions about the resurrection. Number one, uh, why would I want it to be true? And then secondly, is there any evidence that it's true? And then thirdly, uh, will I run to Jesus? Uh, but I think that first question, why would I want it to be true, is the right place to start because uh, before we even think about whether it's feasible that a man could have risen from the dead, let's just start by asking if it would even matter if he did. You know, why would we even want that to be true? How, how would it even affect me if it's true that you know a couple of thousand years ago this real dude actually did rise from the dead? And you know, because I think what, whatever we believe, whether we're Christians or unsure or whatever, one thing we can agree on is that there's actually good reason to at least want it to be true. Uh, let's um let's have a look at the account of the first Easter Sunday. It's from the book of Luke, as I read before. We'll we'll put it on the screen again. Let's let's journey with these uh, women who went out to the tomb on Easter Sunday, and uh, make no make no make no mistake. These women think they're going out to a dead body. They uh, they love Jesus. He was their friend, leader, but they think it's all over. They've they've got spices to anoint the body. Um, what what happens? Well, it says on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. You know, they're, they're going out and they're thinking, okay, that's odd that they're trying to find the body and they get to the tomb, but the tomb's been opened and the body's gone. And they're probably thinking, oh, okay, this is unusual. Do we get the right tomb? Yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, we definitely got the right tomb. Someone's Maybe someone's come and busted him out, desecrating the body. Maybe oh, that's awful. What's, what's going on? Uh, but the women, they, they've made a mistake. They, they're looking for a body, but they're looking for the wrong thing. While they were still wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the dead among the living? Why do you look for the dead among the living? Here, here's what you've gotten wrong. You, you're looking for a body. You should be looking for something, someone else, someone alive. You're looking for a body. You should be looking for someone alive. Verse 6, he's not here. This is a tomb. It's not a place for living people. He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be, be crucified, and on the third day be raised up again. And they remembered his words. The mistake that these women have made, and, and by the way, it's a mistake that probably any of us would make in that situation. The mistake that they've made is they're looking for a dead martyr when they should be looking for a living saviour. They're looking for a dead martyr when they should be looking for a living saviour. Now you see these ladies, they were Jesus' followers. They loved Jesus. They were positive about Jesus. They 
uh, they did think Jesus was dead, but they were still probably in some ways, you know, going to go on living for Jesus or at least, you know, remembering him fondly and, and um, you know, remembering him positively. That This guy had been in their lives for years. He was going to impact them in an ongoing way, you know, even though he's dead, you know, Jesus could still have a following. Plenty of other religions around the world are founded by someone who's, who's died, a, a dead martyr. They, they And they still love Jesus. They probably wanted to keep living for him. Certainly they wanted to keep uh, treat his body re- with respect. And I reckon they probably were going to go on perhaps living according to some of his morals and principles, perhaps. Uh, and look, really, I think this, it's fair to say that this is how a lot of Australians see Jesus today, uh, including some Christians, by the way. We see Jesus as a dead martyr. We might be positive about Jesus. Uh, maybe we appreciate his teachings. Maybe uh, we know some of the things that he said. Of course, some of the things that he said are very well known. We might think Jesus is great, but if all he is is a dead martyr, you know, perhaps a good example, an, an inspiring example for us, maybe. If all Jesus is is a dead martyr, then he's not actually very relevant to today. Because look, we're, we're living in a broken world. We're, we're dealing with real problems and turbulence. And, and the things we can learn from a dead guy who lived a couple of thousand years ago are pretty limited. And if we're going to give God more than a passing thought, we're going to need a bit more from him than just the example of a guy who's been long dead. You know, we'd like to see some evidence that God cares about, about us here in 2022 or, or is doing something, you know, about the brokenness of the world at the moment. Otherwise, he's at best pretty irrelevant. But look, this is where the women who came to the tomb got it wrong, that they were looking for the living, except they were looking among the dead, they were looking in the tomb. They were looking for a dead body. Instead, they heard that Jesus had risen, that they were looking for a dead martyr, when instead, they should have been looking for a living saviour. You see, Jesus has risen. He he had died, but he hadn't stayed dead. He was alive again. And, and let me tell you that a living saviour is so much better than a dead martyr. Because, uh, firstly, if Jesus was a dead martyr, then, then sure, his his teachings, of course, could still have some relevance. Um, but if, if Jesus is a living saviour, that means he's still alive today, that he's in heaven. He's not some distant, long dead, you know, figure. He, he's still with us. He's still ruling his world as king. He still cares about all those things that we're going through. If this is all true, then he's still up there now. He's in heaven. He's in heaven this morning. He knows we're here today and he cares about us. He's ruling over his world, and however broken it seems, he still has a plan for his people. And secondly, Jesus promises that his resurrection is not just a one-off event. His resurrection is proof that there is life after death. And his promise is that all who follow him will rise too. As he rose, we'll follow him. And one day after our deaths, we will also rise. Now that is some real hope in troubled and turbulent times. Because if there's life after death, well, that <laughs> then this mess uh, is not all there is. There is hope of a new life. We we might be fearful of all sorts of things. We might be watching the news and hearing about whether Russia and uh, whether Russia could go nuclear against Ukraine, which is pretty scary. But if we see things like this, uh, if we see things like that, and we also th- see that we can, if we follow Jesus, there will be life after death, life forever. Well, that means that we won't lose hope. Yeah, it's like being on an aeroplane that you know is going to crash, but uh, you have a parachute and you're about to jump out. So you know you're going to be okay. You know, it might be a bit scary, it might be a bit bumpy, you might be feeling pretty sick, but you know for sure that you're going to jump out, your parachute's going to open, and you're going to land safely. 
If Jesus is just a dead guy who lived a couple of thousands of a thousand years ago, then yes, it might be kind of nice to remember Jesus at Easter time, but it's probably not relevant enough to give him much more time than that. You know, we've got more important things we need to worry about. We've got real problems. But if Jesus really is God, and he really did come to be with us, and he really did come to die for us, and if he rose again and is still with us and still cares about us, and if his resurrection is proof that there is life after death, well, that changes everything, doesn't it? That, that gives us hope. That gives us something to look forward to. That helps us get through broken times because we know that something better is coming. And, and that would mean that we, we're going to want to find out a lot more about Jesus so we can decide if we want to follow him and be part of this. We, we want this to be true, don't, don't we? You know, surely we can all agree that however far-fetched you think this might be, if Jesus really did rise from the dead a couple of thousand years ago, that that would be an amazing thing. That would be a life-changing thing. We we want this to be true. But then, of course, we have to move to our second question, and that's the question of, is there any evidence? Because, of course, wanting something to be true isn't really enough, isn't it? Is it? Um, I'm a Port Adelaide fan. It's easy for me to want it to be true that Port's going to win the Premiership this year. And look, I, I might be able to imagine it and imagine how good it would be and how it would make me feel. Um, but at the end of the day, my team's zero and four. And I'd be a bit naive to believe that Port's still going to win the flag. You know, I'm not ruling it out, by the way, just to be clear, but probably need to see a lot more evidence before I really have any degree of confidence about it. Perhaps starting with a win this afternoon. If Jesus did really rise from the dead, amazing. That, you know, means he's with us now, that if we trust in him, there's life forever. But. Is that just wishful thinking or, or do we actually have any real evidence? Well, uh, what I want to show you now is that actually I think there is very strong evidence for the resurrection. And you might say, well, I'm a scientific person. You know, dead people don't rise. This this isn't repeatable. We can't prove this happened. But of course, you know, the whole point of th- this story is that it's a miraculous thing that only happened once. And of course, it was just as stunning uh, to them back then, 2000 years ago, as it would be to us today. Let's, let's just read a bit more of our reading. This is from verse 9. Um, it says, when they came back to the tomb, that's the women it's talking about. When the women came back to the tomb, um, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Um, their words seemed to them like nonsense. You know, dead people don't rise. We all know that Jesus is dead. What rubbish. The women come back from the tomb saying Jesus is dead. No, that's, that's not how it works. But there is evidence. One one thing we should notice from our reading is that Luke, who's the author of what we're reading, you know, he's the one who wrote this for us. Luke names names. Luke names names. Um, we, we know a bit about Luke. He was a doctor. He, he'd probably never met Jesus, but he did know and spend time with uh, some of Jesus' disciples. And about 30... <coughs> sorry, about 30 to 40 years after Jesus had been on the earth, Luke went around and interviewed people and researched and put together the book uh, this book has a record of, for us of what happened. And so think about what he's done. He, he's gone around and he's interviewed eyewitnesses. He, he's written down what happened and he's been specific. You know, these are the names of the people who were there. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James. You know, I think probably, you know, Luke had tracked these three people down, these three women, and spoken to them about that morning. And the implication of that is that if you got a copy of Luke's book when it was written, you know, a couple of thousand years ago, if you got a copy of Luke's book... Well, then you had the names. You, you could go. You could go and talk to the people and double-check his research and talk to these three women and say, hey, did that really happen as Luke said said it did? Uh, I mean, think about this. This is a different example. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those articles about someone claiming they're a, um, 
there are Tasmanian tigers living in the Adelaide Hills. Um, Google it if you're interested. There's people who um, are, are dead set on trying to prove that there are Tasmanian tigers still around the Adelaide Hills, and, and normally their um, their proof is is some sort of grainy phone footage from about 50 meters away, and there's some sort of animal there that looks uh, probably as close to a dog as it does a Tasmanian tiger. Uh, but but imagine this. What what if this week a report came out in the paper, and instead of um, grainy footage, it had solid, reliable reports. You know, lots of eyewitness reports. Here's Steve, and he didn't just see see one from fifty meters away. He saw one up close, and and here's Sally. She actually found one. And here's uh, he, he, we were in a crowd of reporters. You know, we all we all were there, and they they presented a Tasmanian tiger to us. You know, lots of lots of people have all seen this. Here's someone who patted the Tasmanian tiger. Here's what it's felt like. I don't know if it's really safe to pat Tasmanian tigers. I don't know if anyone knows. They haven't been around for a long time. But look, when when you get specific, detailed reports with verifiable eyewitness accounts, it's certainly a lot more believable, isn't it? And maybe you might say, okay, well, Luke, you know, just wanted to pull off a big hoax with Jesus. Maybe you just made all this up. But if you were living in Israel when Luke's book was written and you read the story of Jesus, well... What would you do? You know, maybe you wouldn't believe it straight away, but you would have the means to find out. You know, you could go, you could, you could go and talk to the people that Luke names. You could ask the people who were around at the time. You know, and if Luke had completely made all this up, then it would have just fizzled out. People wouldn't have been taken in by it. But what did happen is almost the complete opposite. In their thousands, people read books like Luke, and as they read and investigated, they came to the conclusion that it was true. And the Christian church grew and grew and grew, so much so that even by uh, the great fire of Rome in AD 64, you know, only 30 or so years after Jesus had been on the earth, there was enough Christians around that Nero could blame the fire of Rome on the Christians. We're still in the lifetime of those who were eyewitnesses to Jesus. And even at a time when the Romans were putting Christians to death, people were still willing to stick to their guns. They were that sure that it was the truth. They knew it wasn't a lie. They knew it had really happened, that Jesus had really risen from the dead. That many people had seen him. Whole crowds had seen him. What had at first seemed like nonsense was now verifiable and believable. Now, there's a lot more we could talk about at this point, lots of more evidence we can look at, and there'd be areas where we could push back a bit and debate and uh, go back and forth a bit and, and wrestle out the facts. That would be a good thing to do. But um, for today, I want to move on, and I want us to just ask one more question, and that's, will I run to Jesus? Will I run to Jesus? In the last verse of our reading today, the women had come back from the tomb. Uh, they'd said that Jesus is alive. Uh, and some of the people, the, the ones that they'd come and spoken to, said that that's nonsense, but... Um, not Peter, not Peter. Peter, Peter is sort of the leader of Jesus' followers, and uh, just just have a look at what Peter says. Well, he thinks, oh, now Jesus, Jesus did say that he was going to rise again. You know, I thought he was joking, or, or maybe he meant it figuratively, or something. You know, didn't really think he could actually rise again. But you can almost see Peter thinking it out. Oh. You know, I really want this to be true. I mean, it's almost unbelievable that Jesus could rise from the dead, but if it's true, it changes everything. And actually, I want it to be true. And, and actually, there is some evidence, isn't there? You know, these ladies are coming saying that he's risen, and they're not liars. You know, it's not like they're going to be pulling a prank on us. You know, that wouldn't be very good taste. And and so Peter might not yet be convinced, but what does he do? He thinks, oh, I want this to be true. And there's just some evidence that it might be true. 
So he runs to the tomb. He runs to Jesus. He runs to go and see for himself. You see, here's the thing. We live in a world of brokenness at the moment. There's things to be sad about. And uh, I think the question of whether God cares about us is a good question to be asking at the moment. I mean, if if Jesus is a guy who long who's long dead, it's a fair question to wonder whether God actually cares at all and whether he's relevant or whether he's he's even there. And I mean, maybe Jesus did just come uh, did just come to get rid of the Romans and he got killed in the attempt. You know, he's just some random Jewish revolutionary. Um, but the crime that he was crucified for was the crime of the rebellion. What if it's all true? If, what if Jesus did rise? Well, that means that God does care, that he did come to be among us, that he did die for us, that he is still alive today, that he still cares about us, that he himself experienced brokenness and he's therefore there to help us in our brokenness. And he's offered us something that could not be more relevant to the world we live in. A real reason to hope a hope that lasts beyond the brokenness of this world and our messy lives, a real reason to celebrate, a hope of everlasting life to come, a hope that changes everything. I don't know what you think about all of this, about Jesus' resurrection. Maybe you're not convinced that it's true at all. Maybe you think there's a chance, but you have your doubts. Maybe you've believed it for a long time, but you still find it hard to have hope with all of the brokenness around you. But if we at least want it to be true, and we at least see that there's good evidence that maybe it is true, well then, won't we run to Jesus? Won't we run to find out more about him? Won't we long to get answers to the questions we have? Won't we read about him? Won't we come back to find out more? Won't we do our research, you know, have the conversations we need to have, sit down and read the Bible with someone and really wrestle with it? You know, we here at Trinity Church Brighton, we do believe that Jesus isn't just some long-dead martyr who offers us a chance for some vague spirituality. We believe he's a living saviour, that he really died and he really rose. And lots of us at times still have questions and doubts and struggles and things we wrestle with. I myself remember when I first came to believe that Jesus had really died for me and had really risen again. Um, I was at uni and uh, I just remember kind of that feeling of almost running to Jesus, being so eager to find out about him and who he was and and really feeling the hope that came from deciding to trust him. But over time, you do have periods where you start to doubt. And you have times when you don't feel the joy and hope so much and you start to ask, did I just get taken in by wishful thinking? And so we ask those questions and we, we think and we wrestle with things, but I'm convinced that the more we wrestle over time, we just become more and more convinced that Jesus really was who he said he was. And that doesn't make magic, life magically easy all of a sudden. Life is still hard. But through hardness, there is a deep hope and a deep joy in knowing that in Jesus there is more. That he is with us. And that in trusting him, there is a life forever to look forward to. Of course, if Jesus didn't rise, then Easter is really not so much of a big deal. Not very relevant in 2022. You know, the world's a bit messed up. There isn't really much reason to celebrate and religion doesn't have much relevance. But if it is true, if Jesus did die and rise again, if he's still with us today, well, that does change everything. Suddenly it means God does care because Jesus is alive and with us. He's still king. Suddenly there's real hope, eternal life to come in Jesus' new kingdom, a real reason to celebrate. At Easter time. Do we want it to be true?
do we see that there's some evidence that it's true? And if so, will we run to Jesus? Will we run to him to find out more? Will we run to him and trust him more and more? Will we run to him to rely more and more on the hope that he offers rather than, the, rather than hoping in the world around us? Let me pray for us as we try and have that kind of hope. Dear Father God, we pray today knowing that we're in the midst of a world of brokenness. We're feeling that this year and maybe more than most. And sometimes it's true that we do feel a bit hopeless and like you're not there or not relevant when we're going through turbulence like we are at the moment. But Father, we look today to Jesus and to his resurrection. We pray that you would help us to see that Jesus did really rise. And we thank you that because Jesus rose, we know that he is still with us now in heaven, watching over us, even right at this very moment. And we thank you that in him we can see the proof and have hope of life forever with you. Help us to long for that life, that life in Jesus' eternal kingdom. And we pray in Jesus' name today. Amen.